0: You are now tuned in to the We Don't Play Station, and thank you so much for being here. We're trying to give you guys episodes back-to-back. Speaking of back-to-back, we got a guest for you, so we're about to make the call, and it's about to take off, so it's going to be very interesting. Here we go. Hey, Ben.
1: Hey, how you doing?
0: I'm good, I'm good. Welcome to the playroom officially.
1: Yeah, thanks, man. Good to
0: finally chat. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's actually a pleasure connecting with you today because the topics we're going to talk about are very special to a lot of people. And I've had this conversation before and it's so good to actually get to hear from you because you have a lot more to tell us because of the experience you've been in you know based on the profession you have yeah no for sure Um,
1: we're going to have a great chat
0: I want people to know more about you but just according to Podmatch and shout out to Podmatch which I always do um, Ben is the CEO of Amica Esports that's why I got so excited guys and this is a platform where he operates esports with venues, leagues, tournaments and teams. I don't want to go too far. I want to, you know, send it over to you and, you know, take it up from there because I definitely want to know more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, we started this company about a year and a half ago and um, the whole concept was to really create an esports ecosystem and in order to do that, you've got to really fire on a couple of different verticals. So, we, we own and operate two brick-and-mortar locations like eSports arenas where people can come, play, compete, um, you know, tournaments and things like that. We have tons of online leagues, tournaments, academies. So, especially with COVID, you know, big presence online. Uh, so, if you're not able to physically come to our venue, you can compete in our tournaments online. Uh, we create a lot of eSports content, so, um, you know, videos and podcasts. And one of the areas I'm really excited about, especially for 2021, is our team uh we have a competitive esports team called parabellum and um our we, we feel a few different rosters but rocket league is probably our strongest right now we're, we're ranked top 20 in north america
0: wow wow that is impressive because yeah thank you yeah. you're welcome because i'm thinking how important this is for people especially like you mentioned You know staying at home what are you doing how are you engaging and i and i also heard like gaming is also a gateway to understanding in terms of you know like just high iq eq because you actually interact either online gaming or just interactive you know platforms
1: yeah i think it's definitely you know i can just speak from personal experience you know during covid um you know i play fortnite with the same guys every week and um you know we don't have a chance to see each other and, and to be honest we probably wouldn't see each other in person because we live busy lives five kids and everything but gaming is the way that we can you know really connect every week catch up um, so I, I think that's where it's a powerful tool and to your point about yeah it's a little bit more active like you know I, I'd rather my kids you know play some mobile games or some Xbox them kind of be like zombies on the couch watching, you know, YouTube and whatnot. So um, definitely see the value and we've seen that over COVID especially.
0: Wow, that's a very great point you mentioned. And for people who probably don't know what this is, what is eSports?
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe we should have started with that. Yeah, exactly. So eSports is really playing video games at at a competitive level. So that could be, you know, playing... You know, against you know five or ten people in a small tournament or beer league, or it could be in front of a hundred thousand people. You know, in a football stadium, you know, for a world championship of League of Legends or other games. So, when we talk about the gaming industry, that's just video games, playing video games and everything associated with that. When we when we talk about esports, we're really now focusing just on the competitive part of video games.
0: Oh, that's a clear difference. Nice, nice. Okay, so that means people are very competitive in the sense that when they're in there, they're just in there to commit and make sure that they're able to get the best out of their time.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think people compete for different reasons. Some people compete because they want to be pro. And you can make a, you can make a career out of playing video games, right? There's tons of pros out there, just like you can in basketball or any other sport. Or sometimes you compete because you just want to get better or play with your friends and, you know, pick up basketball league, you know, for example. You know, you don't play because you want to go pro. You play because you love to play and you play with your friends. So lots of different reasons why people, why people compete, but that's the sort of point that connects everything with esports It's just there is that competition.
0: Okay, okay. That's amazing to mention because now even it brings to the next question, which I see that. When people watch other people play video games and people watch other people do eSports or play eSports, there's definitely a difference. First of all, in terms of what I just said, especially like you mentioned on video games and eSports, those are two different things. So how does that play into actually, you know, people interacting or passing or seeing like you mentioned with Fortnite? Yeah, so...
1: this idea that people like to watch other people play video games um, is weird for a lot of people and it shouldn't be weird. People watch people play or do everything else right? People watch people garden people watch people uh, rent all your house or whatever it is so um, I I think we're gonna get past that sort of stigma that a lot of older people like you know maybe my age or, or my parents age I'm 37 think that it's weird that kids watch other people play video games but listen anytime someone's good at something you watch it and no one thinks it's weird i can't play football for the life of me but i still like to watch it so um people are watching people play video games and those people are called streamers um so there's some famous names you might have heard of like ninja yeah um or or Tfue or xqc you know these, these are some of the bigger names Um, that people watch so those are just like that's gaming that's you know people watch Ninja Play Fortnite whatever Um, or you can watch tournaments and leagues so Call of Duty League um, you know you can watch your home team so I'm from Toronto so you know I would watch and support the Toronto Call of Duty team the Toronto Ultra so those are the two ways to sort of watch esports and gaming
0: nice I like that and how did you get into the industry and what do you do? Because people, like you said, video game is different for different people. Some people just think, why are you playing this video game all day? Why are you doing this all? Like, I I also just remember how, like, my brother and I would be playing FIFA, like, all day, and now he plays Call of Duty, and, you know, so on and so forth. So it's like, you think about video gaming, you think about, you know, eSports, think about things that, you know, you do, and he plays Fortnite too, I don't. But I've seen it and I enjoy what I see because even sometimes you see it off the video games, maybe on a Twitch or you see it on, um, you know, Twitter somewhere. And you see that, you know, there's control and you can actually see the enjoyment and you can hear the background and hear the conversation. Like you mentioned, do people and teams compete? But that's what we're going to come to after. But in terms of the teams and the leagues, like you mentioned, how did you get into the industry and what was the fancy point? That led you into that because of what you do.
1: Yeah, so I'll speak on kind of how I got how I got into the industry, which may be different from how I would recommend others getting into the industry. But um, I was running; I have an investment bank, and we were raising money for some esports, you know, some tech companies, and eventually esports companies. And um, we were raising for one particular company, and it was very hard to raise because the studio, you know, just you know, didn't show well or you know didn't present well. And we kind of kept joking, man. This would be—it was a really good idea and a really cool product. And we kept saying, like, listen, if I was a CEO, it would be so much easier to raise money. And then that kind of, like, after saying it a few more times, my business partner and I said, listen, we should really start an esports or kind from of the ground up. That's diversified because we we're also seeing a lot of companies are just teams, or just venues, or just leagues. None of them are really, especially in Canada, doing doing it all. Um, so, raised a little bit of cash, raised about a million bucks and um, you know was able to, to build that out so that's kind of how you know how how i came into the industry and also i my first foray was on the investment side anyway i invested in some companies you know 5 6 years ago but my recommendation for people who want to get in is yeah there's so many volunteer opportunities you know volunteer to help with a tournament or a league in your city um you know obviously when when there's in person events it's easier but Yeah, if you reach out to to teams or tournament organizers and say, hey, I'd love to help out or be an admin or something, that's an easy way to start and get your foot in the industry.
0: That's a great point right there, because people like this are looking out for this ventures because they see it. Is is something actually I want to ask you, is this different from like fantasy football in terms of interaction? Because I know it's not on a video platform per se, but there's some form of um, ultimate league type of approach.
1: Yeah, I mean, there is, there is, fan, there is like daily fantasy and fantasy leagues for esports. So, okay. The exact same model that happens in football and other sports, it happens in esports. So, the the betting side is really huge. Uh, but, yeah, one point I, I, I forgot to mention, it just came up when you asked the last question is, you know, I think with, with traditional sports athletes, let me ask you, what sports or what teams do you follow?
0: Like, for me, I really love um soccer to start with because that's what i actually started with that's why i mentioned fifa earlier and also now like the super bowl just finished you know so that's another one basketball is also a really good sport for me so those are the three main sports i would say i can actually understand and see what's going on
1: okay so let's use a good example just to help like the viewers who maybe need a sports analogy to to really appreciate like the difference here. So who's your favorite, let's say basketball player or who's a basketball player that you like or follow?
0: Okay, I'll say LeBron.
1: Okay, so LeBron, you know, so if you're a fan of LeBron, basically your interaction with him is going to be watching the games, right? That's right. what he's on. Maybe he gives a, uh, a post-game interview and that's it. Like there's no more LeBron between the start of the game and like the post game interview, right? That's your only way to, to interact with LeBron, right? Right. So, but streamers are totally different. Streamers, they're on every day. And and you can chat with them. You could say, like, you know, hey, uh, hey Ninja, I like really love that move you just did, or like, that was a great kill, or whatever. Yeah. And they interact with you. So, you start to build that connection. And especially if you start with streamers that are not big, there's a lot more engagement. So, with a professional athlete, again, that sort of fan engagement is limited and it starts and stops with the actual game. But with streamers, they become part of your lives. And that's where, like, that's why people donate to them and, and support their streams. So you're creating such a strong and loyal fan base with, with a streamer because you're literally like, you're talking with them every single day. So just wanted to mention that. Don't need to rant about it, but just to understand kind of the difference between like a streamer and like a pro player and how they engage
0: with their community. Oh, that's a great point, because that just actually put in segue to the next question, because now I understand what you mean by interaction and actually spending time online, trying to, you know, connect, like you mentioned, people are so far away. And of course, with what's going on with the pandemic, you know, it's different. So those communities keep you together, they keep you in that, you know, competitive spirit, you know, which is what you mentioned earlier. And would you say that people and teams compete and are their leagues? Explain that a little bit more for the people who probably don't know what those three tiers are.
1: Yeah, so in, in eSports, there's kind of two models. There's the franchise model and the non-franchise model. So franchise model is very easy to understand. It mirrors traditional sports, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball. The league will sell you a franchise slot and in, in, in overwatch and call of duty they're city-based just like in post sports so there's a dallas team and a toronto team and an l.a team etc some games they're, they're not city-based but it's still a league right so it operates the same way you have a franchise you compete there's a championship blah blah, blah. um some games are non-franchised and they kind of operate a little bit more like golf and tennis where there is no there's no league uh, it's a tour, and there's some major events and some minor events, and as long as you're good enough, you can qualify. You don't need to pay, you know, a twenty million dollars franchise fee. If you're good enough, you can compete and get in. So, and and you win prize money. So those are the kind of two different league structures um, for the different games, and obviously, all those models are constantly evolving and whatnot.
0: Wow, wow, that that's a huge community definitely to tap into when you think about community you think about you know gaming you think about experience which is mostly the most important thing because that's what people love a user experience that's favorable to them and if if you say like an experience like you mentioned you give a clear example about you know watching a game and actually being in the game and literally so what would you say the differences are between esports and traditional sports when it comes to interaction
1: Yeah, I um, I think accessibility is a big factor. Um, you know, at least yeah, I don't know. A lot of people that I know, young people, don't have cable, uh, don't pay for a cable package. So, you know, you have it's not it's not as easy to watch your favorite sports team. Like I'm from Toronto. If I don't have uh, paid cable service, I can't watch the Toronto Raptors. Can't watch the Toronto Maple Leafs. Can't watch the Toronto Blue Jays. So, but in eSports, it's accessible. Anyone can watch on Twitch. Anyone can watch on YouTube. It's totally free. So I think that's a, a huge, like, a big shift where, you know, the fan base is now saying, hey, everyone can watch our games all the time, pretty much any, from anywhere. Versus traditional sports it's still that cable broadcast network where, like, I don't, I don't have cable. Well, I mean, sometimes I don't have cable. Um, right now I don't. So, yeah, I'm not going to be able to watch these games. So that accessibility has really changed and and the engagement. So if you're watching, you know, the NBA on T N T or whatever, there's no engagement. But like you can't talk, you can't chat. On Twitch there's chat, there's, you know, like that sort of level of engagement where you can at least talk and have other people and other stuff going on. And I'm sure traditional sports will adopt that, but that's where esports has excelled and why it's, in my opinion, a better viewing experience.
0: I would definitely say that when you mentioned about interaction and engagement, one thing I would point out with traditional sports, which is probably closest to what you know happens in full-blown access mode for esports, is like when a soccer game is going on. Because like my fi- my favorite team is Manchester City in soccer, and if you're listening, watching at the same time, but that's in real time, the only thing you can do as close, which is not really as close and as you know direct as possible. But Twitter, they used to be like hashtags. You know, where you talk about it during the game in real-time mode. If it's a World Cup, you know, that's interaction going on. But it's not the same level as it is in esports today because of how accessible and free it is, like you said.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure, you know, all the networks are going to make it more engaging. And, you know, on your phone, you have multiple, like with the Super Bowl, you had you could take your camera angle and whatnot. So there's a lot of cool technology But yeah, exactly. To the point, it's at the core. There's just right now a significant, it's in my opinion, advantage to the esports broadcast versus the you know traditional sports broadcast.
0: Yeah, exactly. That that's a good point because, like we mentioned about people partnerships, actually connecting with people. I think, like you mentioned in Toronto, there's a huge level of interaction and. Openness to understanding that, hey, you know, things are changing just like TV is changing, sports is changing, fashion is changing. So when you think about the music, which is also a very huge part of, you know, creating that system that actually creates that space. You know to enjoy and you know enjoy that actual user experience. You would say that there are investments in esports that are being made. Um, I remember very well um, some time back when Drake was you know on Fortnite. You know for a little bit. I think Travis Scott was on there too. So when you think about the weekend, you know Super Bowl like you just mentioned, and LeBron like we mentioned earlier, when it comes to investing in esports and teams. How do these athletes, apart from them, also you know, think about it, and what is their plan? What do you think is going on?
1: Yes, yeah, so what's really nice is traditional sports has been this old white billionaires club for the most part for, for ownership. The board, especially in the NFL, really everywhere, um, and so players would be like very, very kind of limit, um exceptions of. Michael Jordan, who's a team owner, or Derek Jeter, who's a team owner. Like, you know, players were never able to own the teams. Um, Mario Lemieux in hockey. You you can find a couple small examples. But with eSports, now there's an opportunity for players or professional athletes and recording artists who didn't have the opportunity to have ownership in a a sports team can now have ownership in an eSports team because it's it's newer Mm. and and there's investment opportunities. And um, the investment level is a lot lower, so we do see that you know Drake, um, Drake's an owner, part owner of. Um, sorry, Phil my, my, Jordan I think is in Team Liquid, or TSM. Crap, I forget. But like, I know Shaq and um, and Jeter are in. Sorry, Shaq and A Rod are in NRG Esports um, here in Canada. Um, the weekend. Uh, you know he's an esports investor, so uh, almost every pro athlete is now investing in esports, and I think that's kind of like this this new wave where like these athletes couldn't be in their own sports, but now they're able to be owners in other sports.
0: Yeah, that that's definitely a game changer because now it definitely plays a role in understanding that this is the same sport. You know, either you're a celebrity or you're an artist, so you have to understand that when you're putting yourself out there it's for a reason that you're building a loyal fan base that's what they're also doing in return because it's not just oh i'm just going to be on this esports platform it's more so there's an audience here there are people who listen to things and there's an experience so why can't i join that experience by creating that space and that's why music and and sound is so important when it comes to movies music right now podcasts. you know so much is is involved but people don't see those undertones
1: yeah, no, it's a good point, and we're seeing a lot of crossover now with with the music industry and gaming. P. Pain is really big on Twitch. Um, I really, I really love um, a hip hop artist named um, uh, because he goes on every day and he uses the words in chat to freestyle. So it's like you're you're listening to freestyle, but also you're contributing to it. It's like, such a cool thing. Wow. Um, and then and then the Fortnite concert series, right? Like Travis Scott was huge. Uh, Deadmau trying to think who else they've done recently um steve aoki so yeah tons of different tons of different artists have come in and i think you know the biggest music festival in the world is 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 right now and will continue to be fortnite yeah like 20 20 million plus people tuned in to travis scott that's insane those are mm-hmm. insane numbers that you would never see at any music festival even if it was live and online
0: true very true (laughs) that different that changes the game completely because now you see that the same audience that had a full capacity has probably 10x of that now on a different platform
1: right yeah and and think about what, what was like the traditional way that people would promote their movies or albums they'd go on like jimmy kimmel and you know jimmy fallon and the talk show tour but like Young people don't watch that stuff. people are not watching late night TV the way they used to. So now I think artists are really going to be going to gaming to start promoting whatever it is their, you know their new movie, their new album, whatever.
0: That's true and that's why streaming goes on a completely different ball game for musicians, for artists because now you have an audience, you have a place where they can actually interact and you can see that, okay, this is a fan base that's going to listen to my music when I drop or maybe have a preview and have, you know, it it goes viral as a a tweet. You know, anything could happen because now you're building demand, you're building society, and you're definitely building an audience. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's
1: amazing. It's amazing. We'll see. So, yeah, I I think it's an amazing trend to watch right now is is what's going to happen with gaming and music.
0: Why would you say um, about people... That why, why, do you, why do people go to a venue to play and what are sports arenas? What are esports arenas? Because now we've mentioned that, okay, there's a community, people go there. Does the internet break? You know, all these kind of questions would be spiraling. So, what are arenas and how is it handled in terms of, you know, creating that top line community service? Yeah, you know, it's kind of like a
1: difference between playing basketball at your local, like, public school or, like, playing basketball at an NBA court in a huge arena. It's experience. So, gaming, yeah, I can play FIFA online and compete, play with friends. It's possible, and that's great to do that. But when people come to our arena, it's an experience. Like, you're on stage, and there's light, and there's casters, right? There's analysts, the a whole broadcast. So, we give everyday amateur casual gamers that professional experience that they're just not going to get anywhere else. And that's why people will come out and pay, you know, 10 to $20, you know, to enter a tournament um, because they're going to feel like a pro. And, and, And it's really all about that experience. And online, we can't give gamers that same experience. And that's what's kind of sad about COVID is, yes, all these tournaments are online, but it's not the same right like not the same to win online versus win when you are face to face with your opponents you can see their sweat uh, the, on their brow and you like that's awesome that's what we play for and we just can't deliver that online experience like that
0: that's beautiful because now you actually have a memory about a game that gives you inspiration to actually continue to stay competitive
1: Exactly, and 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 it's part of that community building. Like as much as you, you know, can connect with people online, you know, when you have the same group of you know, Smash is the you know, super um, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. That's a great example where you know that community come out and the same, you know, hunters eyes and girls come out and mm-hmm. play. And they make these lasting friendships and lasting connections from the in person gaming, which. They definitely would not get from an online
0: experience. Speaking of girls, how would you say girls um, react or respond to this esports industry? Because people say, "Oh, girls don't play sports," but there are some that play sports. You know, they do play sports in real life. So, how do you think you know that barrier? Is there a barrier in that area? Or is it just open range? Is it free range?
1: Um. I think when it comes to just actual gaming, it's probably pretty close to 50-50 or maybe 60-40. Tons of girls and women are gaming. But where there's a significant divide is especially streaming. And the reason why is is because of the sexism, the harassment that goes on, because people will say anything they want when they can hide behind a keyboard. And so for, you know, a woman to go out there, put herself out there on stream or even in, you know, with with voice chat, um, they're you know opening themselves up to to a lot of like harassment, and I think just a lot of women are just not willing to do that, and that's why we're seeing numbers much lower for women who are streaming, much lower for women who are playing at a competitive level. And it's the responsibility of everyone on that food chain to try to do, some, try to do something, do something about it, and, and improve it.
0: I believe so, definitely, and that's a great point for women because now. You can see that they can be able to control a room. Shout out to Clubhouse because you think about where people are able to talk about things openly and still have discussions and still have an impact because before social media just used to be, oh, I'll post this and wait for a reaction. Now you post it or you're probably there with them. And now it's like, now I'm able to actually connect with somebody all the way, probably, you know, 6,000 miles away, you know, maybe five miles away, depending on what you want to do with your, your control system and see that this is actually impactful to a society because now you have a username now you have a tag now you have something that people will remember you but also at the same time you're thinking okay if i'm playing this game at this level how competitive can i be to actually reach the top and also get recognized because you mentioned their prizes you know i don't know how much prize money would be but what would you say that interaction is and also talking about these things on places like Clubhouse, for example, because you mentioned voice, and that's what came to my mind. So, how do you put all this together in the industry that is still impactful and not just a one sided effect?
1: Yeah, so, you know, on the competitive side, look, just like in sports, the prize money and the sponsorship money for men's sports is significantly higher for women's. and uh, Sorry about that. Um, the, the, the prize money for men's sports is much higher than women's. Way higher. Um, and we saw that in, in, in football, in soccer. I mean. So that's an issue when you have a men's Valorant tournament that's going to have a $1 million prize pool and that same Valorant tournament for women is going to have a $10,000 prize pool. Someone's got to be upset about that. Like, There's got to be some outrage um, that the women's esports are not treated nearly as the same way as men's esports. And, you know, I think that's at, at the core, it, it's a bit of every, everyone's at fault. If you're not watching women's esports, you're also part of the problem. If you only watch men's teams, then the sponsors are going to say, well, why am I putting money into women's esports if everyone's watching men's esports? So, like, mm-hmm. this is a problem that everyone acknowledges, but everyone also has to say, we are part of the problem. And, um, I personally, you know, we are making a pledge to try to make our esports team, both competitive and content, uh, 40% women by the end of the year. And that's something that's important to us. And, you know, we're now actively signing women's rosters. And we all have to do better. And women are awesome competitors and awesome entertainers. And they just really need to get that opportunity to showcase that.
0: Yeah. And I feel like because of the whole dominance with men and Just being on a platform that's like, oh, it has to be this way. And now it's changing. It just shows that it also sparks that difference in us, you know, to create that impact and say, okay, what can we do differently? Because now you're thinking from a different psyche, you're thinking from a different perspective. And that's where the emotional part kicks in. You know, if you have a good EQ, you can be able to spot that and be able to understand that, Okay, I need to do this and this to make sure that it's still competitive and it's still rewarding at the same time. Yeah,
1: no, that's, it's a good point. I, and I also think, you know, even just men's and women's, we still also need to question that as well. Does it make sense to have a men's league and a women's league? Should we be spending more time trying to have mixed leagues? Um, you know, TSM, you know, um, they have a mixed roster for Valorant. So maybe that is a better way to go to promote, you know, more gender in- inclusivity is to not separate people by gender and it like that. And now say, "Look, this is the first opportunity where men and women can play on the same team. We should be embracing it because obviously with biological differences, it's just not likely to have a mixed f- football team, and it's just we all know it's not going to happen to have a mixed basketball team, right? So right. this is the, eSports is an opportunity where the the the, the 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 field is is more open, and I think that's where we have to take advantage of it.
0: Yeah. I think so too, because now it shows how diverse you know eSports can be because people are able to control that just like they're able to control their social media.
1: Yeah yeah no exactly.
0: That's amazing and and speaking of social media, there's so many pros and cons, but if you think about the community and building that, understanding and that healthy user experience you'd also know that some of the risk in in online gaming you know there's harassment there's bullying you know cyberbullying is a thing and you know toxic games where people are just on you you know especially it's chat so it's very direct so how do people control those and moderate because it's so interactive and so quick so,
1: sorry hey i'm sorry
0: Sorry about that. My kids ran in. Oh, so, no problem. <laughs> uh, uh, They're, dope. They're
1: um, Yeah, I talk about social media. Look, you know, one way, you know, Twitch is, you know, banning different words and things like that. I, I don't think censorship is the answer. I don't think it's how we need to police it. I think it needs to be about um about education. Like just people need to be good human beings and and like, you know, I don't know, like there's no there's no answer, but I don't think we should be censoring and banning. Like, I'm not a fan of the cancel culture. Like, it's just It doesn't promote dialogue, discussion, and things like that. It's just saying, hey, someone said something, and there's no education. They're just going to be canceled and fired and dismissed, um, and there's no learning from that. So that, that's where I'm really disappointed in terms of how social media, the direction it's gone, and uh, the gaming community is like, totally it's like a prime example of like cancer culture at its worst
0: yeah definitely because now you're kind of putting it on yourself to create that impression to do harder when you could have easily just let it you know fall on good soil and see what happens and then you can be able to build from that yeah so
1: you know it's definitely one of those really interesting trends to watch over next year um just to see kind of where social me- where social media is going to fall and how it's going
0: to affect you know the esports and gaming industries. oh yeah definitely definitely and what are some of the trends right now in the industry because you've mentioned opportunities in the past you know you've said how even celebrities are going on this you know there's so many celebrities out there from different countries so they either don't know about this opportunity or they're just not ready or they probably don't have that investment so what are the sudden trends you see around that actually create this impact?
1: Yeah, I think uh, there's so much to unpack there. Um, I, I think mobile gaming is going to be a huge trend for next year. Um, I think accessibility is going to change. You know, this idea that everyone needs to have a, a three thousand dollar PC and uh, you know uh, lightning fast internet speeds in their homes is going to change. So. Game developers, I think, are going to be make, making games that are more accessible to people. Um, I think physical esports, uh, kind of like Peloton or Zwift, these ideas where you can be, you know, riding your bike or on a treadmill, but also competing against other people. So I think I'm really, really bullish on that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's going to move over to other sports where you're going to have virtual esports, where you know you can, with the proper technology, you could play tennis you know, against other people or, you know, other sports like that. So those are just, yeah, those are some of the things I think are going to be big trends. VR is going to be big, but it's still a couple of years away from, I think, a AAA game title that will make it big. I think that's a bigger 2022 trend.
0: So that just brought up a great point. VR and esports. How do you connect those two when you think about video games, when people actually have to buy those gadgets and interact online? I know that may be a weird kind of setup question, but just thinking about the way people are as confused as probably I am, how do you decipher that?
1: Yeah, well, there's a couple of things are needed to, to make it happen. So one is the hardware costs have to go down. And I think with Oculus, with Quest 2, um, I don't know how much it is in the U.S. and Canada, but about $450. Uh, so it's around, you know, it's cheaper than a PS5. So the wait or an xbox so the hardware costs have gone down and now we're seeing some decent games that could be competitive so population one is a battle royale game so similar to like a war zone where you know you could fly in and compete and so that's where we need some better games in terms of having esports potential but we're already seeing that's the foundation so now that we have cheaper hardware now that we have games that are suited for a competitive eSports scene, now we're going to see that, that eSports competitive... E- I'm going to call it vSports. That competitive vSports scene start to flourish.
0: Okay. I like the word vSports. That's, that's really nice. eSports, vSports. Yeah, definitely. And now even the the reverse of it let me just actually put it that way because people are creating games based on reality and sometimes it could be fictional so it could e- it could be either or so how do you say this is impacting the actual traditional way of sports now is that gonna go extinct or is there going to be some form of collaboration that actually even gives a greater impact to everybody in society yeah
1: it's no, a really good question um maybe Maybe it will a little bit, um, but I do think that there's a whole generation of kids that just did not fit into traditional sports, um, that were picked last uh, in gym class, that that had no confidence because they weren't competitive, weren't physically competitive in these sports. And now, all of a sudden, you give kids an element where they can play with other players, they can build on their problem-solving skills, um, communication skills. And and esports are now recognized as collegiate esports, and so I, I just think a lot of kids who just had no self confidence because it was either you know you play basketball, football, baseball, or nothing, now have an outlet. Um, and and yes, I guess maybe it will, maybe traditional sports will go down a little bit in terms of like a player base of more people uh, opt for esports, but. Long-term, no, I don't think it's going to make a
0: make a difference. Okay, because I was also going to, like, put an analogy to it and how, like, you think about music, how people watch music. Before, it used to be on TV, on their favorite channel. Now, it's just on YouTube, and you can find it easily. If you have a fan base, you can definitely know where to find that, you know, through that person's portal. So, if you think about advertising... How does that players a role in terms of, you know, creating these experiences enough to know, okay, like you said about investment earlier, is this investment better to put it into a Twitch ad, for example, hypothetically speaking, possibly, or, you know, putting that percentage in something else that I can say, okay, this is my 80-20. So how am I able to create this impact and still be able to retain value? Right, so uh,
1: maybe I'll just answer that from like a player perspective for a second. If you're playing a traditional sport, you're not monetizing yourself realistically unless you make a pro. Like, there's just no other way for you to monetize your skill in your game, right? Right. High school basketball players, right, like, are not really monetizing. Um, They're not getting a share of media rights. They're not getting any prize winnings, you know, for high school competitions or even collegiate, it's banned. But in esports, a 12-year-old could start making money. 8 year olds could start making money. If you're on Twitch and you got good content, that's like what's totally different is there's just no monetization path in traditional sports unless you hit the big leagues. But there's such a big middle ground for everybody else in esports with Twitch and YouTube and whatnot.
0: Wow. That's a big pointer right there. And I think more people just need to understand just like things go as a trend. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they're not sure. Maybe they're not advised properly. So how do you think it's going in a way that people can organically be able to read these things and make that decision for themselves?
1: Yeah, I think... uh, I don't know. More education. you got to look around. Um, You know, I think it's somewhat mainstream now that people understand the economics of Twitch and subs and and YouTube ads and and they're able to start doing that and creating their own content but to the point about a traditional sports athlete you know Bronny James uh, is also on Twitch right he's also streaming and he's playing basketball so I don't think it's really necessarily one or the other a lot of I work with uh, two professional football players who, who are on my team and uh, yeah they play football during the season and they're when they're not playing they're streaming and they're and they're making a living from that so
0: wow that's
1: just another tool that's going to change both industries
0: definitely i think this is something that most people should take into consideration even upcoming artists like you mentioned even if you're an 18 year old you're playing you know a sport that is actually interesting and you can actually make money off it then okay why not you know people did that with ultimate team you know with you know youtube and tv but now it's a whole different dimension where you can actually control and be part of the society because that's what it's all about it's not just oh real time off time it's more so like real time in time to actually create that experience, stay there for as much as you want. Cause sometimes people play, you know, overnight. So when you think about also sleeping, you know, that type of interaction, is there t- kind of like a time limit on it or is it just like whenever you're tired, you can just log out?
1: Yeah, there's no, that's, what's great. I mean, look, the best, you know, it's better to have a schedule. I think it, it's, you know, you'll get usually more people when they know, Hey, um, you know, at 8 o'clock, this guy's going to be on or she's going to be on at 10. So typically, bigger streamers have a fixed schedule to log in. But yeah, that's the thing. As a content creator, you, you go on when you're on and you log off. And if you want to take a two-week vacation, take a two-week vacation. It gives you, you don't need to show up at any, a certain time. You're, it, it's total flexibility in terms of, like, when you're on, when you're off, and how you want to monetize
0: exactly i believe so if someone wants to get into esports how do they even start like do they have to get it do they have to go buy this gadget first and then connect online if somebody has no clue and say okay how do we start how do i even get into this what would you tell them to do like i know you mentioned about volunteering but from a user experience point of view how does that go yeah
1: i mean anyone can start street if they're interested in streaming and trying that out they can do that um all you need is a webcam, a microphone, and that's it. The software is all free. You can use programs like um, Streamlabs, for example, that's what I use. So you can download that, it's free software, and you can do the entire broadcast with like very little equipment. It's really just a good background. You need a good camera. You don't even need a camera. A lot of people, some people don't, but it's better. So if you just have a webcam and a mic, you're good to go and a good internet connection and you're
0: good to go that's great that's great definitely i would recommend people doing this because that's the only way you're going to actually find out the worth of it because we can talk about it but if you're not experienced it you may not have that deeper understanding because things are changing and you have to also try and adapt and become part of something that actually can grow a community that actually serves you better yeah no
1: 100 percent. i hope this is you know valuable to the people listening like you want to get into streaming like you just do it like i i started i don't know six months or a year ago and that's it don't worry about how many people are watching um don't do it for the money because it takes a long time to really monetize but do it because you want to because you love playing games you love interacting with people and if you do it for the right reasons then you know you're going to be successful
0: I believe so. I definitely believe so. And just a fun fact, you know, just let people know what games do you play because they might find you online and they'll be like, oh, wow, I remember this. I remember when I was talking to Ben, you know, I heard when Ben talked about this. So, how would you say you play games online where people are so interactive and open and you're able to also interact back?
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, people can find me on Twitch. Uh, my handle is 5 am um, I'm, I'm on. Kind of a, a work vacation, meaning like I don't have my computer for another few weeks or months. But so I might not be online. But uh, yeah, I, I typically play Fortnite, and you know, people could, I play with a few other guys. So you watch a squad playing, and people can come in, they can chat, they can talk. Um, occasionally, I'll play some other games, maybe GTA or Warzone or something like that. And absolutely, it's an open chat to come and talk and talk about
0: anything definitely definitely i really appreciate you coming into the playroom to talk about this and it's so interesting how people can learn this from a very quick perspective and still understand that hey this is something that's happening and you have to be aware of it so bring awareness like you mentioned is also a key to understanding that brand is consistent when you're able to have it in context
1: yeah no no for sure and listen uh happy to be a resource if anyone is uh has any questions starting out or um you know can outpoint point people in the right direction
0: how can people reach you outside this like in terms of connection maybe business or just to learn more inquiries because sometimes people just love to connect and network just because you never know what someone may say that can actually spark that idea
1: yeah um best way you know my handle is 5kf on twitter instagram twitch uh or you can just look up ben Schafferman on linkedin um so any of those platforms you know just send me a dm and uh we can chat
0: definitely thank you so much ben for being here you have been a tremendous assistant in giving people that guideline and that pathway to understanding that this is real this is happening and most definitely this is something that someone should actually consider
1: yeah no my pleasure thanks a lot for having me it was great chatting and um yeah we should uh let's do it again soon
0: definitely definitely hope you're enjoying the week hope everything is going well I know it's Valentine's week so much is going on you're with your kids as well so I know that it's gonna be a fun 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 weekend for you
1: yeah no we're we're in Florida right now so uh enjoying the good weather
0: Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here. And I'm looking forward to our next talk.
1: Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks a lot.
0: You're welcome. Take care. All right. You too. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. That was amazing. That was amazing. Check out Ben Pfefferman. And you will definitely see more about what we're talking about <sighs> yeah I just remembered how I brought on eSports you know some time back and it was a different ball game like you would listen and you'd be like whoa eSports okay now it's back again so this is something that you should definitely think about. Talk about, you know, and listen again, you know, rewind this and really think about what's going on out there because you may not know, you're maybe not reading the news, and maybe not seeing this everywhere. So just be informed, and that's why We Don't playstation is here for you to understand that hey, we actually talked about this. So hello, listen. So rate this podcast.com forward slash We Don't Play, and yeah, we're definitely going to be doing this all day, every day. So it's a blessing to be here. I'm definitely looking forward to the next episode because it's coming back to back to back, guys. So you guys just stay informed, stay on top of everything. So much to do, so much to do. I'm so excited, guys. I know that probably like hit your ear like, whoa. But it's just to create that impression that, hey, you know, wake up, listen, interact. You know, building community is a great thing. And. Clubhouse is also amazing because it's also about interaction, it's also about building community. So think about esports, think about voice commands, think about captions, think about experience. Just be in that social media space. You may not be an extrovert, you may not be someone who's you know outspoken, but hey, this works. This definitely works. So it's been a pleasure being on the We don't PlayStation with you. Definitely check this out on Play Radio. I'm your host, Flav Beats, also known as bass e k and I just love being around you guys because this actually shows me that you're listening, you're paying attention, you're enjoying, you know, and you're here. So God bless each and every one for you listening to this podcast. Just for listening is just one thing and to be here is another. So I'm so grateful that you're here and keep listening because we're going to keep bringing it hot, we're going to keep it fresh, and we're definitely going to keep it real. So you know, with that being said, I've been your host, Flay Beats, and I got some new music coming out soon. And speaking of new music, I'll just leave the last word from new music something. So watch out for that. It's coming very soon. And I'm looking forward to telling you more about it because it's going to be very, very interactive. So keep it locked. Keep it real. Flay Beats. Woo! <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. Have a wonderful, wonderful day and check out Ben. Don't forget, make sure you rewind, 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 because if you rewind this, you learn more, you learn better, you retain that knowledge, and you're able to grow. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Peace out.